Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name's Kurt Robinson. And my name's Aaron Battle. So today we're talking about the factors could, that could possibly affect the price of Bitcoin. Is it going to shoot to the stars? What will this technology offer us? Uh, what kind of strange dystopian world are we heading into where cryptocurrency will not become an option but the only choice that you can make? Do you want the answer? Uh, sure, why not? We're going to paradise. <laughs> Cool. No. Uh, yeah. Block, blockchain's the future. I, I think. I think we we nailed it. Four <laughs> pivotal points on what is going to drive the price of, of Bitcoin. Yep. So we talk about the the investment that's going into it currently, the the new um, the new technology that that investment is developing, um, the, the the supply of Bitcoin, uh, the current banking system, why why it sucks, anal fissure, and public awareness or a shift in consciousness which could drive the price over the coming years so head on over to the paradiseparadox.com you can look through our episodes there we have a lot of cool interviews with andreas antonopoulos diego gutierrez saldivar um who else jeff berwick of the dollar vigilante uh, and you can head on there and and give us a little donation a little bitcoin uh, we appreciate it very much, even if it's just a, a few cents or you know a quarter. Uh, we love it because it does mean that that you're showing us your affection and and uh, what this show means to you. So so we really do appreciate that. Also, you can buy some t-shirts on there uh, with real money, uh, Bitcoin, gold, and silver. So show your represent your your inner desire for a world without central banks and uh, demonstrate it to the whole entire world in a flippant manner. Then head on over to Facebook, you press like on Facebook, hover over the like button, press subscribe, uh, get notifications rather, hover over YouTube, <laughs> press like on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, on iTunes, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict. Uh, keep in touch, uh, leave us a comment on the website, theparadiseparadox.com. And also, we would like to see you. Join us where, Aaron? Join us in Alcapulco. We're going to the Alcapulco event, which is mid-February for a three-day three day weekend. Yep, yep. Um, where we're going to talk about all things. <laughs> all things. Talk about Bitcoin, talk about voluntarism, crypto anarchy, changing the world, uh, one, uh, one world at a time. Uh, and changing the the minds of individuals to come over to a peaceful way of living, peaceful anarchism or voluntarism. Uh, so we'd like to see you there. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a great vibe. Last year we went. It was incredible. Um, Aaron's mind got blown into small fragments of stardust. He wasn't expecting that. but uh, It just happened again, thinking about what I'm going to talk to you about. Um, no, I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting to meet so many cool people. So, you know, if you register, if you're cool, I'll see you there. Yeah, yeah. So a whole range of, of peaceful people of various uh, disciplines like massage and yoga teachers and uh, just travelers, adventures, uh, and a lot, of, a lot of great speakers as well. So check that out, anarchapulco.com, A-N-A-R-C-H-A-P-U-L-C-O.com, and use... Promotional code Paradise, and you get a ten percent discount. That one's on us. So, you know, come say hi. I'll buy you a beer. 
and uh, thanks very much for listening. Let's get into it. rocks your socks enter your doors open in locks make sure that you're not wearing 1988 Reeboks because it's a paradise paradox about to jam this shit into your brain talking about some Bitcoin price factors what do you think Aaron uh, all I can see is Stewie cool whip <laughs> is that how I sound no, I, 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 didn't, I finally got a, a glimpse of uh how the world sees me now i know uh they see me as a as a two to three year old um animated character that's a possible latent homosexual interesting think about what you can get away with (laughs) i don't know i don't Mm. know okay (laughs) um well let's uh let's just jump straight into this okay okay so uh, today you want to talk about some of the fundamentals that uh, cause the Bitcoin, some of the factors that contribute to the Bitcoin price and uh, you know, things that are coming up in the future that we should think about um, that could potentially affect the, the Bitcoin price. So uh, it's a topic that, that I love talking about because, you know, I love to speculate with this kind <laughs> of thing. Um, personally, I, I believe Bitcoin's going to fly over the moon and keep going um, you know i like to call right. it space money right? the bubble never ends is that is that your uh, explanation here that's well, your prediction okay to to back what i what i'm saying <laughs> i think i think bitcoin's the kind of money that you can buy anything you want with yeah and if you've got companies that are going to go out into space and start mining asteroids well you can pretty buy that stuff too so you know, this is space okay. money. Okay, so you'd like contract a, a, a space probe that's uh, picking up um, precious metals off off a <laughs> off a um, asteroid and bringing them back down to Earth, so they're already pre-sold by the time it hits land. Well, yeah, but then you'd be you'd be as long as you didn't bring too much, you wouldn't. <laughs> otherwise, you'd be crashing the price of your own products. You'd be like sending a space <laughs> drone to. That planet, that diamond planet, the chip off a chunk. No, yeah, that diamond planet. I know the one you mean. I've been there a couple of times. It's a nice place for a holiday. Yeah, I just don't know what color it is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust those those NASA color photos. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So yeah, so we we're trying to break it down here into into about four main categories, and that's. Um, it's it's difficult to to try to say what's really going to be the, the the main factor, but it's probably going to be some of these, a combination of these, definitely at least one. <laughs> um, well, I, they they are all they're all joined. I, I mean, yeah. uh, you they're know, they're all in. They have this incestuous relationship. So it's kind of you know five fingers. They, they all connect. They all connect. Is that, is that what happens? The product of an incestuous relationship ends up with five fingers. That's a, I didn't know that. Well, you learn something new every day. Uh, aren't, they, aren't they your sisters? 
sure, whatever you say. <laughs> so, okay. So the first thing I think is, uh, the first thing, first item on the agenda, Mr. Battle, is venture capital and angel capital. So venture capital means these big companies that are going to swoop in, look for startups, and they go, they're going to throw money at them, um, hundreds of thousands of dollars, possibly even millions of dollars, and those startups are going to take that money and hopefully make the venture capitalist something. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of this money flo- floating around, and I guess that ties into some of our later points. But, um, but uh, yeah, angel, an angel investor is a similar thing where the, the angel generally has his own money and he generally provides more assistance or she generally provides more assistance to, to the startup company than a VC does, um, so more hands-on um, and generally at an earlier stage. Yeah, so the, I think the thing, the thing to consider here is that these, the money that's going into these startups in Bitcoin yeah. are, are about getting more people to be involved in Bitcoin, I mean, the majority of them. Or about yeah. or about creating value for people that that are disrupting other industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So providing some service which maybe they could do before, or maybe they couldn't do before, or maybe they do more efficiently. Uh, so to to give you an idea, I mean the, the potential of this technology. We had made this little fun little list of possible uses for Bitcoin, uh, and I didn't realize like we just sat here brainstorming, thinking about all of the possible things. Uh, it could be used for, and well, there's a lot of them. So, do you want to just uh, we'll rattle them off one, one, one for one? Okay, well, the first one's money. So, the reserve currency, uh, central banks, and storing wealth is going to be shifted. Yeah, yeah. So, so, which, yeah, we're talking about central banks who maybe traditionally hold gold or silver, or they and these days they they hold other countries' um, national currency. Uh, and last month we saw a little article talking about uh, Barbados. The, the central bank of Barbados is considering uh, holding Bitcoin. The analysts have recommended it. They say the amount that exists in um, that the amount that is circulating through the Barbados economy uh, is the approximate amount that we should be uh, aiming for when it comes to reserves. So, uh, you know, if that hasn't already started, it's it's kind of on its way. Uh, and this is a market. With uh, billions, billions of dollars in it. Yeah, and, and there's also other cryptocurrencies as well that yeah. that are in the mix here. So you know, when we say you know Bitcoin, blockchain, there's there's other coins. And, you know, banks yeah. are already using. There's a handful of banks that are already using the, the Ripple system exchange, um, and there's, there's no reason why they couldn't hold money there as well. Uh huh. Um, although it's hard to say where they are. I don't, <laughs> by the yeah. fall in price, it doesn't look. It doesn't appear that they are. Yeah. yeah. Hiding money there. So, yeah, so like you were saying, so Bitcoin looks pretty good at the moment, but maybe Bitcoin is, is going to get knocked off its, off its pedestal sometime in the next five years, uh, and maybe something better is going to come along. Uh, it, uh, but, you know, we're talking about cryptocurrency in general, the disruptive power of it, uh, how, how it's going to affect the, the economy. So it wouldn't necessarily be Bitcoin, but it could, it could yeah, well but- be. Um, it's got the largest network effect of any blockchain right now. People are jumping on board, jumping out of fiat, fiatlink.com and all and, kinds of crazy crap. Yeah, and banking buildings. But I think there's room for more than one for more than one crypto. Yeah. 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 
Uh, okay, so the second thing, it's, it's related. So instead of uh, reserves in central banks is personal savings. So again, it's about storing wealth. And, you know, at any, at any time, there's millions and millions of dollars in any um, savings account in, in a lot of countries, at least in developed ones. Um, yeah, so, so, so we're talking about people like, well, anyone. Anyone can store wealth in, uh, in Bitcoin or uh, savings or speculate or whatever you want, right? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people, especially, say, in developing countries, say you've got a couple of Kenyan shillings and Zimbabwe dollars in your pocket, you don't know what they're going to fall to next day or Venezuelan bolivares. Um, it's, a, it's a mystery. The, you, know, you don't know how much money you're going to lose, but almost certainly you're going to lose some of the value, of the purchasing power, that is. Uh, so Bitcoin can, can provide a, a safe haven where the, the fiat um, currency or the, the national currency isn't up to scratch. And, and that's something which, um, like, as we noticed at, a, at a Bitcoin, there was a lot of Argentinians there. And obviously it's because the, the Argentine peso is losing about 10 to 20% per year. So gives them a, an option. Yeah. Well, that, that's because, yeah, their, their situation, I mean, 20% is crazy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all, all fiat currencies are, are losing ground against each other. Um, so <laughs> just, just because, you know, you might be holding dollars or pounds or euro, it's like uh, you still might want to store some, some of your wealth in, in Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Not that we're financial advisors. We're not giving you financial advice. Um, okay, what's the next? Uh, number three, we're talking about uh, international remittances. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the first one that jumps to mind is Mexicans working in the U.S. and sending back those hard-earned dollars, yep. you know, by, by a service, you know, by, like, uh, Western Union, mm-hmm. which, which charge something like 10% or more. I, I don't know. I've, I've never, I haven't used them. But it's the, I mean, when you're losing, when you're sending money back that you've worked hard for to send back to your family and you're losing 10% just to send them money, um, yeah, obviously something that's going to be much cheaper is going to be preferable. And using Bitcoins, you know, only a fraction, nothing compared to that. Mm-hmm. How, much, how much is a, a Bitcoin transaction? It's like you pay, pay, pay per data rather than per amount of currency. So, so you pay... Like uh, a less, let's see, is it a millibit or or a tenth of a millibit? Um, anyway, it's a, it's it's very little. Yeah, it's a tenth of a millibit. Yeah, I believe, I've never I've never a transaction worried about it. it um, just you make the transaction. It's like yeah, you know, you lose like maybe ten cents. Yeah, less even less than a penny. Yeah, yeah, it's mini. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And so, yeah, so a, f- a few weeks ago we, we published an interview with Diego Gutierrez Saldivar and he was talking about Sistema D, uh, which is a, a system which or a program which is a, intended to help people in impoverished communities. So, again, it's about, it's about saving their wealth, storing their wealth, uh, also about uh, interacting by trade uh, with people that are outside the immediate community. And that's that's a new market that this kind of thing opens up. Um, oh, the next one, I guess it's... Well, I'll just read that out because it's related to the international remittances, capturing all of the, the M-Pesa market. So M-Pesa is a, is a, is a currency 
um, based on mobile minutes used in Africa. Uh, but the thing is, um, it, again, it's like similar to, to Western Union. It can cost quite a bit to send money and generally can't send it internationally. So that's a problem. Uh, yeah. It's actually much bigger than, 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 what, than what I thought. It's mm. something like 30% of, uh, of the GDP is traded by M-Pesa. Wow. Cool. So, you know, if Bitcoin was to capture that, I don't, I don't know how much. Um, I think Kenya is probably the, the biggest. Yeah. The biggest culprit of this M Pesa. Kenya, Ghana, yeah. But I mean, that's, that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of trade, mm-hmm. and it's because that's all they've got to use. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, the infrastructure's there. They've got phones. Um, once they get their you know their their wallets is, uh, are set up on their phone, and they're able to start to start trading. It's it's like, it's like you know why why magic. use money? It is magic. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, it's it's a good thing. <laughs> okay, so this, this kind of goes into like micro payments as well because of the there's no uh, the, the fees to transfer money uh, often makes it so difficult that huh? you wouldn't you wouldn't send the money. Like if I was to send you you know a few bucks and I wanted to do that by a banking system, I'm mm-hmm. talking about, you know, Australia to, to Mexico. Yep. You know, like uh, I ended up going home and, you know, I owed it a mate, you know, a beer. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a couple bucks so you can fix yourself up and buy yourself that beer, except it's going to cost me $20 uh, <laughs> banking fee to do an international transfer. So that, yep. ju- that just cost me $22 yep. for a beer that I should have fixed up before I left. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's why micropayments using Bitcoin is going to be, uh, I mean, it's opened up a whole new world of, well, micropayments don't really exist without, well, prior to Bitcoin because it was useless. Really? I mean, you can send things on PayPal. No, pay, PayPal has a, like 1% fee on uh, like gifts to friends. So you send your friend $3, they'll charge you $0.03, cents, which, you know, it's not. I guess it's not really a lot. So I guess that's not going to be a driving factor. But then you have things like with, with ProTip, uh, this... this uh, browser plugin um, he- headed by a team uh, uh, including Chris Ellis who was the kind of the at the forefront of, of Feathercoin uh, and his idea is um, he's always been about promoting um, tipping in the in cyberspace so um, so you have this browser plugin in Chrome and it picks up uh, automatically picks up all the Bitcoin addresses in sites that you visit uh, and then at the end of the week, you can say you put five dollars in into your little uh, pro tip account or your pro tip wallet, and it'll distribute them uh, to those sites according to the amount of time you spend on those sites, or according to your own choice. And so, by the way, thanks for all the the micro payments we've been receiving, <laughs> among others, among larger payments. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that it could it could keep track of all the sites you've been to, and then just. Chip everyone a little piece. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty handy, right? It's good, I, good I for yeah, artists and or, or something. No, it'll it'll do it automatically if you want it to. Uh, yeah, that, that's really cool. That's yep. that's like you know really sharing some some love value. <laughs> pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so you know, for all the artists out there, you can in, or uh, musicians and and people selling the works maybe on DeviantArt or something like that. You could get all of your fans to to start trip, tipping you using pro tip, and you know generally I think um, let's see I mean generally 
sometimes people will be stingy, but a, a lot of the time I think people genuinely want to uh, tip people for their good work. And, you know, the, the easier it makes it, um, the more that, that tipping economy starts to get accelerated, which is pretty cool. <laughs> okay, number seven. Um, now we're talking about crowdfunding. Um, so crowdfunding, I, I know it's been, it's been around longer than, than crypto, but what crypto does... Um, it, it allows the it allows a level of transparency and, and ease of payment to um, to a project. So um, the fact that you can that we can do crowdfunding now with blockchain um, things like you know we've got in, what, no no commission for for services is that like a um, using blockchain? Are you saying yeah. it's free? So, well, but, I mean, virtually free. You might pay these you know these less than one percent fees. Point one percent or something like that for for sending um, currency to someone, but you know it's conceivable that someone could invent a, a decentralized crowdfunding service uh, using the blockchain, and there and people could put up their their, their plea on there and say what they're going to do and, and um, get you know get money from that, and again it boosts the boost the price, boost the use of Bitcoin, the the adoption. So, so this is it's kind of like with the I mean the micro payments got a little role to play yeah, yeah. in that similar but, thing yeah but the fact that is it's with blockchain means that it's um, that is it's transparent it's trackable you can yep. see where the money's going you can even see how the project or the cause how they spent the money so so all of a sudden if you know if you're not um, you know if you don't if you don't trust this this group I don't know mm-hmm. maybe, maybe you don't want to send the money in the first place but. <laughs> But you see that okay, you know they're using this this new technology where we can see where it's going. Yep. Then uh, then people are going to be more inclined to to you know to share some of that money yep. or that value in getting some projects off the ground. Yep, yep. So you had this example, like a hypothetical case uh, of a pub- public works project. Tell us tell us what you foresee in the crystal ball of Mister Battle. Well, it's because I like to think about how we can do things better. Yeah. Okay, um, and you know, obviously around here we can see you know government doesn't really work too well. So, <laughs> so I'm thinking you know, there's a lot of people in big cities that live in in apartment buildings or townhouses, and they don't really have areas for 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 play for children to play in that are comfortable or sporting grounds or the facilities are just you know below standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for if you if we were to have a city. And a company in that city that decided, you know, we, we could do something about this. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, they don't expect me to do it out of my own pocket. Yep. Let's, uh, let's take some of the park areas or, you know, mm-hmm. green areas and uh, let's do something with this. So, mm-hmm. so I thought about, you know, what, what's a city that, you know, has, has fallen to the side away from, uh, from government services. And, you know, you think of Detroit um, I haven't checked in on how those guys are going, but <laughs> they're going great. Guns. Hopefully, all good. Probably better than us. <laughs> uh, and that, say, yeah, you got you got Detroit. You've you've picked out a couple of big grass areas, parks, and say, you know what, we're going to redevelop this. Yeah, the companies are going to come up with a few different plans, pull them up on the website, and say, you know, you can now donate to this cause to have this project completed, crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, better than that. You not only can you add or send money to us, 
you can also choose which design you want based on just being involved and being, or you, as well as, for example, um, you, you send money through as a reward or as a gift, they give you a token and you can send that token to uh, another PayPal, another account, something in PayPal, Big, Bitcoin. You just <laughs> a send, a, send yeah. a token to a Bitcoin wallet yeah. and whichever yeah. wallet's got the biggest amount of tokens is like, bam, there's your project. Yep. Yep, and uh, and things happen not not because we need you know a, a, a government body to make things happen, but because people can can anonymously get together and and choose uh, you know how they how they want their community to look or what services they need mm-hmm. and uh, and things like that. Um, but then you know I'm also thinking of like that, that's on a bigger scale. But let's say uh, let's say you've got a um, a music a band yep. and, and the band wants to choose. You know the um, the album cover or something. There's no there's no reason why you can't support the band and through a crowdfunding project um, interact. It's like it's 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 bringing the community to work uh, as a team, mm-hmm. which which I think it's been like a good i it's been a good idea. But as long as you've got people that are running the show, you know not everyone's going to feel satisfied, mm-hmm. or at least not feel like they got their they got their say. So that kind of ties into into the next point about smart contracts. So say with this with these services here, um, with these public watch projects, uh, Green Detroit or voluntary taxes and, and artists, you're going to have a smart contract set up uh, acting as an escrow. And once the once the limit gets reached, the cutoff point uh, or the the point the the point where they have enough money to fund the project, um, the money can automatically go to the contractor. But if it doesn't get reached by a certain time, it can return the Bitcoin to the people before. Uh, and so it's starting to starting to look a lot better than paying your land rates <laughs> um then uh yeah so you could use use smart contracts um say say you have an autonomous vehicle and you're in a rush you tell the the car to hurry up so it starts paying people in front of you so they pull aside their autonomous vehicles accept the money and pull aside because they're not in a rush uh and and you pay for the privilege of, of getting a nice clear road for you for you to head to the airport or even uh, let's see, there's a, a video I saw about about cars that connect together. And maybe one of them is providing power, and it's do, doing this microtransaction, paying by the second uh, to to get the the motor or the the engine power of a car in front of it. That's another one. Yeah. Yeah. Uber does not offer clear roads. They only, <laughs> they only offer the ride. Clear roads. That's yeah. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm going clear roads. <laughs> See the airport in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That, yep. That'd be killer. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So number nine, we're talking about um, copyright hashing. Yeah. So I think this comes into play with, with time stamping, um, yeah. being yeah. able to to declare or, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, this is huge. This is a, it's, it's about being able to say, you know, this happened or this was authenticated. Yeah, to, um, to register an event, register a work, uh, so you know that, that um, somebody uploaded a certain work to the internet at a particular time and then there's this permanent record so everybody knows who did it and nobody can claim, oh, that's my JPEG. I drew that in paint. 
Yeah, obviously put your QR code on there so you know so you can get <laughs> reimbursed. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a possibility too. So if someone likes the uh, likes the artwork, it can be connected, hashed to to the the blockchain, and the blockchain references a, a wallet. And then you, when using ProTip, you automatically send this this person money because you like checking out their their uh, um, hand drawn nude pictures of Betty White. And yeah, similar thing with with title deed hashing. So you can demonstrate a moment when a property was sold, uh, and it's a permanent record. Again, it's on the blockchain, distributed, handed out to everybody who wants to get a copy of those transactions. And so everybody knows who owns what. Uh, apparently, in Honduras right now, they're actually working on this kind of system, uh, registering deeds on the blockchain. So they can avoid the excessive corruption that goes on there. So, so the rumor is what happens in Honduras, you see a nice house, a beach house. A be- beach house? It's Honduras landlocked. That's a <laughs> lacking of geographical knowledge. Okay, so you see, you see a nice house uh, and you go to the, the titles office and you say, hey, I'll give you uh, $5,000 if you transfer that property into, into my name and they change the database and then you get a nice property for you know a tenth of its value. Um, but that would not be possible. So we're finding ways to keep government uh, accountable for their actions so bureaucrats can't just be corrupt as they are in many, many countries in the world. Mm. I'm going to say almost all of them. <laughs> but then... Yeah, you know, every, every country in the world. Who doesn't yeah. like GIFs? <laughs> well, just to jump on the end of that, that hashing, I remember the first, I mean, of course, this is like fundamental how Bitcoin, how the blockchain all works. Yeah. But, but when, it, when it actually like stuck in my head, this, this idea exploded mm-hmm. uh, as, okay, we're talking about a record for the rest of time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the Egyptians didn't even have this stuff. <laughs> This is totally new and it's already, you know, five, seven years old. So, okay. There's not any people that are pushing things into the blockchain to record stuff just yet. But, uh, but what I realized, actually I was sitting in, uh, in one of the, the Bitcoin talks at Anarchapulco when, when this exploded, this isn't about, this isn't about the future. Mm-hmm. This is completely about the past. Okay. Okay. What do you mean? Well, like the, the fact that we're going to put something into the blockchain and it's going to be there for the, for the rest of time, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, at the time, you don't need to know. Like, you know, you just do it because you, you need to look at it in the future. Okay. So, uh, I mean, you, you were there with me and I kept talking about trends. Like, dude, it's about the trends. Which trends? Well, like the, okay, the, the, the activity on, on Bitcoin and the, yeah. and the use of the, the blockchain, uh-huh. the, the trends... It's like there's, there's no point looking at the trends now. It's when you can only look, you can only look into the past uh-huh. and you'll be able to see like, you know, the complete collective psychology of the adoption of Bitcoin or people or community. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was just like, uh, this, is, this is kind of a scary, a scary weapon. To <laughs> so who can, because your whole life will be on record. Who can Everybody. decrypt yeah. the, the blockchain? <laughs> because of course it's all just, it's all just, Blonde brunette. Yeah, so just code. Okay, okay. Well, that's a question. I have this question: like, what if uh, quantum computing uh, comes out in the next few years, and people are just like, "Oh yeah, 
encryption, Bitcoin encryption, SHA-256, who cares? Bam! And then they like just the, all of the, the pieces of ones and zeros just fall to the ground uh, and Neo stands up and steals everybody's shit. <laughs> so He's a nice guy. He wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't do that. Okay. Maybe it was... Uh, he's, he's a superhero. Trinity. But, okay. you know, there's always, there's always evil Neo. <laughs> right I, I which uh, the matrix for okay sure um yeah so th- these are all the factors um in terms of the possible uses for bitcoin which all of the venture capitalists and angels uh, are going to be sniffing out some of these opportunities so much room for growth so much potential to use these technologies of things which maybe nobody's ever ever seen before or to turn them into in you know take an, a new twist on on an old uh, on an old lemon uh, and yeah so it's a, we had some a few little figures here just before you jump did you mean to miss the last one okay <laughs> because, because this is a pretty big deal we're okay, talking okay. about peer to peer lending okay we're we'll um, going take a break actually Cool. Press like on YouTube, press like on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and Pocket Casts. Follow us on Twitter at BattleAZ and Trouble Bubble. And show your support at donate.theparadiseparadox.com. What's point 11? Looking number. Legs 11. You should have only had 10. Now it's weird. <laughs> Wait, but it's a good one. Uh, P2P lending or peer-to-peer uh, lending systems. Uh-huh. I mean, this, this is where you are, you know, where banks can step aside and you can, let, you can borrow money just from a, from a collective group. I mean, there, there's mm-hmm. companies that are, that are offering loans, whether it's business loans, personal loans uh, in crypto, Mm-hmm. Um, to you know, for pretty much for whatever you want. So you know, people that you know might be able to get their credit due to credit files, might be able to get clean credit organized, but but need you know maybe like a micro loan. Yeah. Um, and you're going to be able to make that happen just because. Um, well, I'm going to say good reputation. Mm-hmm. On, on well, like previous, that can be a part of it. Yeah. But uh, but you know, even that's even that's questionable now. But but just being able to get money, access to money. In, in the form of a loan uh, and not have to go to a bank. Yeah, and not have to go within your own country. So there are peer-to-peer services that exist already, uh, but they're, they're normally heavily regulated. They're regulated as financial institutions, but you get something like bitbond.com uh, and you can go on there and, and borrow money from somebody in Zimbabwe or, or you know, Australia, um, Scandinavia, wherever you want. Um, and you don't actually have to know where they're from. Um, and, uh, yeah, people tend to say, say if you have one Bitcoin to, to lend out, you might lend out, say, uh, one hundredth of a Bitcoin to a to hundred people and, and make it up that way. So you distribute the risk. Yeah, um, I think that that's, that's a critical factor here. It's not, it's not one bank that decides, you know, should I let, should I let Kurt borrow you know, borrow that ten bucks that he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's you got a hundred people. Mm-hmm. You know, all all over the world, they go. You know, I'll let him borrow. You know, whatever cents he needs each yep. to make up. You know, that that complete loan. Yeah. So then all of a sudden you you're letting you you might have a couple of bitcoins and then you're letting hundreds of people all over the world borrow your money. And although you know some of them might default, I mean, chances are they some will. Uh, 
you know, you can afford for maybe, you know, 10 or 20%, you budget that into whatever, whatever income or interest you're making on these loans. Yeah. Yeah. So you set your own risk and it's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's not definitely not for everybody, but it's something to look at if you want to think about investing your money using Bitcoins to make more Bitcoins. Uh, and the other thing uh, is uh, customizable fractional reserve. So normally, a fractional reserve system is is so closed off that people don't even know, uh, as customers of a bank, that their the money is being used as a fractional reserve to lend out money to to other people. Um, so the, I mean, there's a lot of uh, videos you can watch on on that on, on YouTube. So say you know Zeitgeist or something like that to get yourself more informed. Uh, but the thing is, um, uh, the other thing is there's, there's kind of this, uh, well, what I think is a misconception that you can't um, use Bitcoins for fractional reserve banking. I don't think that's true. I think it's just as easy to use uh, Bitcoins for fractional reserve banking as gold for fractional reserve banking, which people did for hundreds of years. Uh, so you just have the, say someone puts in a term deposit in 12 months and the, and the, the, the bank is going to pay, uh, say, 10% interest um, on these five Bitcoins, but then they go lend out those, those five Bitcoins uh, to somebody else at 11 or 12% who's starting a business. Uh, and, of course, the, the, the depositor can't access the funds until the end of the term. So in, in that case, at least, there's, there's very little chance of... Uh, of let's see, what's the of well a run on the bank or a, a bank collapse, something like that. Yeah, well, I mean that that situation's almost not possible if it's set up correctly, mm. because you know there, there'd be limits. Yeah, yeah. If you have all the checks and balances in place and make it public, so everybody knows where everybody's money is, you won't have the scene like in It's a Wonderful Life. Where is where is my money? It's in. Sam's house and it's in Sally's house <laughs> and that kind of nonsense so Sammy and Sally again those guys <laughs> what are they doing what are they doing caught caught behind the bushes smuggling bitcoins across the Mexican border uh, so um, yeah so so we get we, it was a bit difficult to to pin down some figures but the, these are the figures kind of questionable sources that we got we could put the sources in the in the, in the show notes there. Um, but say, um, this is the figure for, for VC 2013. It was the, the um, article described it as a paltry $25 million. 2014 uh, went up to $400 million. Uh, and then from another source, we had the figure of $1 billion, exceeding $1 billion in 2015. Um, so that's the kind of growth we're looking at so it's not just you know it's not just nerds in their backyard anymore with startups um these people with serious money uh putting putting it where their mouth is and showing the world that yes they believe in bitcoin and blockchain technology uh so it's not you know it's not peanuts yeah so along with that you've also got all the other companies that traditional companies that, yeah. that, that are waking up to being able to accept bitcoins as well, so you know the the larger business environment is starting to switch onto this as well. So as, uh-huh. as much as you got companies that are, that are coming out of the woodwork with brand new plans and ideas and and projects, uh, I think when you got more companies that are using Bitcoin, along with these eleven reasons why or eleven 
11 reasons, 11 things. 11 uses. Uses, 11 uh, avenues. And, and there's, a, there's a whole lot more. You know, we, we tried to, we busted that out in 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So off the top of our heads, we could be entrepreneurial geniuses, but we're here talking to you guys. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's, um, let's see. Uh, in, in a quote from Eric Voorhees on Cointelegraph, they sent him a message asking him what he thought the price would be and what the factors would be. Um, and one of one of the factors was financial institutions realizing Bitcoin is the blockchain, which is it sounds a kind of a funny thing to say um, from a, you know from a Bitcoiners perspective, but from from the banks um, for a while they were like, oh, you know, I'm interested in this stuff, but Bitcoin is too risky, and so it will be sold to them. Uh, sold the idea would be sold to the banks as as being blockchain technology, but of course the only large scale implemented blockchain is BTC. And that's, you know, this this is, according to Voorhees, this is the year they're going to start to recognize that. Recognize. Even if, even if Bitcoin doesn't become, you know, the, the number one or doesn't remain the number one crypto, mm. say, in, in 10 years' time, mm. it's still pretty cool to have one to show your kids. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really, there's only 21 million of them. Yeah. So, you know, with the 7.3 whatever billion people in the world not everyone's going to have a bitcoin so you know irrespective of their their uses and, and put, their, it, their, put it on a gold chain and flash it around in your bowling club yeah i'm wearing my bitcoin <laughs> it's funny but it's <laughs> true cholos. yeah <laughs> not everyone's going to have one like that that gives you like just on collector's sake that's value <laughs> we're talking about a rare piece which uh which brings us to to point pivotal point number two yeah. um, on, on the, the value of Bitcoin is the fact that in July this year, it's actually going to to half. So what is, what is going to half? Okay, le, okay. <laughs> it, we're, we're going to reach coming. we're going to reach that point where half of the the bitcoins. No, we've, we've already gone past that. No, the <laughs> no. The, the reward okay. for mining. Yes, the reward. reward for mining. You got it. You got it. So right now, the the reward for mining is is uh, twenty five bitcoins. So every time a Bitcoin miner scores or a Bitcoin mining pool scores, um, they get um, they get twenty five bitcoins and possibly distributed uh, among the pool. But in July two thousand sixteen, it's going to halve. Um, so every ten minutes, there will only be twelve point five bitcoins being created and unleashed into the wild west of of uh, bitcoin here yeah. but, but do you really think that's going that's going to make a, a big a big difference i mean for miners it will but for the amount of bitcoins that are circulating on the market uh yeah so it's hard to say because uh i guess if we really wanted to find out we'd have to do some analysis and find out how many bitcoins are mobile and how many just sit sit in wallets how many are like essentially dead or taken out of the bitcoin economy because if if we could do that then we could figure out um what yeah what the liquidity was uh and then use that to estimate but that's that's beyond my uh mathematical capabilities um, so, but so, you, you had yeah. a pretty good imperfect example. Yeah, yeah. So one one example, and I've heard someone mention is if people heard that OPEC was halving the supply, that is of, of oil production, 
the demand would skyrocket. Now, I, I don't think that is a perfect analogy for the reason about liquidity, because because the, the thing is, oil, uh, well, it's, oil disappears when you use it. Bitcoins don't disappear when you use them, um, unless they go into somebody's wallet who's, who stores them forever. Um, so it's not a perfect analogy, but you get the kind of idea because we're, we're talking about reducing the the production. So um, demand stays constant, supply is reduced, and that indicates an increase in price. That's some economics 101 for you. Yeah. yeah. So, so possibly um, we're going to see people factoring that in now that Bitcoiners are a bit more savvy. They, they might buy more Bitcoins before July because they know that July is going to be the month of halving supply. Yeah. I think it's pretty safe to say it's going to be, it's going to impact. Mm-hmm. It has to. Mm-hmm. There's only 21 million. And those Cholos. Fif- 15 million at the moment. So. Yeah, 15 at the moment. Yeah. That's so I was thinking like half, half. No, we've already passed half. <laughs> but no, but this is a big deal. I mean, if, you're, if you've set up or invested in, in mining Bitcoins, hmm. um, I mean, there's a lot of electricity to run the machines. Yep. The farms are massive mm-hmm. and, and you're only going to be receiving half your reward per block. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's going to affect your, your profitability. So if that's, yeah. if that's your production, you're going to charge more for your products. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Especially if you're selling virgin coins. How many is that? 12.5 um, every 10 minutes, 75 an, an hour. That's 1,800 a day, uh, as opposed to at the moment it's 3,600, which is about 600. Okay, so uh, 12.5 works out to about 657,000 a year. So going the, the supply going from about 1.3 million uh, in increasing every year to six point uh, six hundred fifty seven thousand. Now you so. put the the current price next to that. That is a lot of money that's <laughs> not getting produced. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it makes it seem like a, a bigger deal <laughs> when you talk about how many, how much less money yeah. in in Bitcoin there's going to be. Which is funny because it's really more money for less. Um, <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. The, the, yeah, the price like, goes up and the supply goes down. So, uh, yeah, of yeah. course. It's, um, <laughs> which is interesting because now we're going to go to point number three, uh-huh. uh, which is the banking system. Now, this is my favorite because... You love the banking system? No, I, I, I do. I like following it. It's like, it's like watching a, a bad movie and you don't know who's going to die first. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know, when you watch like... Um, what's, what's a movie where everyone in the team gets picked off? Uh, banking mask, uh, Bernanke horror number six. I think that's the. I haven't seen it. I, I haven't seen it. I don't know if yeah. it's any good or not. But um, yeah, it's okay. The banking system, the banking system set up on uh, on fractional reserve system. Uh-huh. So we've been able to essentially rent out something that is yours, is theirs. It's all it's all very tricky. I mean, like you said earlier, you're probably best to go check it out how that system actually works. Yeah, but, check out Zeitgeist or The American Dream. That's another little fun uh, cartoon to watch on YouTube if, in case you're not, not aware of that. But yeah, so we've got the central banking quantitative easing, uh, that is to say printing a, a buttload of money, um, increasing the, the US dollar currency supply by four times 
since 2008. Uh, and so the question is uh, about tail risk, about um, possible hyperinflation, like our dollars going to be worthless, which seems funny to say at the moment because like we're watching the, the ticker on the peso outside the banks and, and uh, those, those numbers keep going up. It keeps costing more pesos to, to buy dollars. And I'm sure you can have the same experience if you're in, say, Russia or Kazakhstan or Australia. Uh, or many, it's a, it's a you know, basically every country in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny group. It's like, you know, most, some countries that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the average person may not have heard of and mm. can, can assume they're having financial issues. And then Australia, you know, it's in there as well. <laughs> but then, like you say, it's all, it's all countries because yeah. uh, what, what happens is when you, when you increase the money supply by that much, we're talking, yeah. we're talking the exact opposite of what's happening to Bitcoin in July, um, mm-hmm. you're, you're putting more dollars into a system that has the same amount of value. So, yep. so all of a sudden to, to expect that your money's worth the same um, in the say in the, the case of tortillas or frijoles, <laughs> you're going to get a little less, and uh, and and that's that's not cool if that's not your decision. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and that's and that's why he's the the problem, uh, and why Bitcoin's an alternative solution that should be attracting more positive attention. Well, I, I think it is. I, I, I think it's growing, but um, this possible hyperinflation situation yeah. like yeah. i i know i know inflation something that happens all the time you know we're yeah. kind of we're kind of just used to it you know what i mean like you know 50 cents don't buy what it used to uh and then and we're cool with that but at what point does um that turn into uh now now argentina in- venezuela zimbabwe viral republic continental dollar some famous historical cases won't happen to me (laughs) yeah the normalcy bias that's i mean that's a classic psychological factor (laughs) it couldn't happen here i mean not now well why not why not uh so so that's a that's a risk to look out for yeah like you said um the the supply of bitcoins the production of the increase in supply is halving whereas the, the the production of us dollars tends to be increasing or staying the same um so you know again economics 101 supply increases demand stays more or less constant um the price goes down which is probably what will happen to the us dollar the joke is you said it increased by four times yeah four times since uh the the 2007 2008 financial crimes yep so in theory it should be what 20 cents (laughs) <laughs> not not a dollar. Well, it depends. I mean, you can look at. Uh, of course, they have the the CPI, uh, the Consumer Pricing Index, which will give you some figures. Um, but they tend to do little sneaky things. Uh, what do they call them? Hedonization and and uh, like they they say, oh well, the dollar didn't really fall back that much because now you buy buy a car, um, but now it has an extra airbag. Or they say. Uh, well, people used to buy steak, but now steak's too expensive, so they buy chicken. Um, and, yeah, you can look at shadowstats.com and it gives you more information about other ways to calculate the CPI. Um, okay, capital controls. This is a, this is a fun one. So <laughs> um, in, in Scandinavia, and especially in, in Sweden, there, there's this push for a cashless society 
negative interest rates. So instead of earning interest on your money, the bank will actually be charging you to keep it in there. Um, and of course, the, um, many people would prefer to take that money out and put it in the microwave. Um, but if they tighten the restrictions on cash, move it to more and more towards a cashless society, you can't do that. So the bankers will have you buy the balls and they can do all sorts of nasty things with your money, um, stopping you from, from withdrawing it, uh, which is like the only uh, def- defense you have against a corrupt banking system. <laughs> um, yeah, it makes it feel like, why why have it in the first place? <laughs> I'm just going to give my money away. Fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why, why, why not? Just give it away yeah it's yeah. well i mean it's not it's not yours mm. like money's money's government debt why do you want it anyway mm-hmm. it's <laughs> complicated well you want because i like want money something as a as a store of value a medium of exchange no the, the interesting thing is going to be whether they can actually whether they can do it make a cashless society yeah well, some reports I've read said they're already on their way, and it's Pretty close. like mainly in small towns where people still use cash. Uh, yeah, kind of, uh, kind of terrible. I mean, it's good for Mastercard and Visa as well. They're like lapping it up. Yeah, that's right. You have to pay with your card. You got no choice, and that's why they get their five five percent fees or whatever. Um, China has capital controls as well. Um, so we went went through the details of those on a previous episode but it's uh, yeah they had they had capital controls uh, uh, six monthly restriction on how much you could withdraw in the two second quarters in the last half of last year and now they they have or they they kept the same amount for the entire year I think it was it was something like that so it was basically like a few a few thousand dollars that you could withdraw over the entire year Hmm. 50,000 yuan between the, whatever we said it was that, uh, that yeah. date or the last three months, the last quarter of the year. Oh, uh, yeah. And it was the, and the yeah. same amount again for this whole year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, which was, at the time, it was something like 1800 bucks. Mm. Like it wasn't enough. <laughs> but, no, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Greece still got a restriction. Uh, I've written here 50, 50 euros a day. I think it's actually 60. So you can't withdraw money from the, the more than 50 euro, 60 euros a day in Greece. Um, so, you know, again, this is a, a pressuring factor where people start to question, hang on, why do I need this bloody government currency anyway? Um, if it's my money and it's in my bank account, mm-hmm. why can't I get it? Yeah, it's not your money. That's why... It's actually a loan you've given to the bank and they're going to treat it as their money. Uh, so all deposits are theirs. Um, there's, with Bitcoin, your money can be your money. You can control it. Um, yeah, so all through the European Union, restrictions on, on cash purchases. So, f- for example, in France, I think it's something like a uh, restriction. So you can only spend $1,000 in cash. Um, so this is a, like moving towards the same thing, moving towards this cashless society and tightening the, the grip on your little eggs. And then this one, this one, it, this didn't actually occur to me until I think um, Andreas Antonopoulos pointed it out in his speech last month at LaBitConf. He said, um, like, the U.S. has no capital controls, or so it appears, 
actually they have FATCA, this kind of invisible capital control. So it means that if you have money in the US, you want to put it in another bank all across the world um, and in any country in the world, you have an American passport, American citizenship, they will not accept it because the, the US government is threatening those banks to not accept that money. And so if you wake up as a US citizen, you might start to realize maybe your money, again, is not yours. This is almost new to me. Like, it's, I, I thought it had something to do with terrorism. <laughs> Are you fucking with me? <laughs> <laughs> sure, they'll, you know, they'll put restrictions on Bitcoin as well and tell you it's to stop funding terrorism. There's, you know, there's a big difference between a PR campaign and reality. Um, okay, so what's the last point? Easy. Uh, are we up to number four? Yeah. So th- this is, I think this is what ties it all together. Uh-huh. Uh, this is when uh, the average person starts to, to ask these questions or starts tuning in to the show and starts going, you know, asking the questions about, about what is money? How does it, I, I just, I just want to buy my six pack. I, I just want to watch footy and hang out with my mates. And, and all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, mate, you know, you can buy your beer with Bitcoin <laughs> and, uh, and you know, I haven't made some money because I bought Bitcoin, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're talking about the, the increased awareness of cryptocurrencies, uh, in generally just people adopting it, whether you want to invest or whether you're saving your wealth or whether, whether someone tipped you uh, a micropayment. So getting the, the public consciousness uh, to a level where everyone's trading, you know, at, at a normal corner store or uh, can you imagine being down here at the Tianguis and like, you know, seeing Bitcoin somewhere where you know they only accept cash and they, and they, <laughs> they pull out their, their iPhone or Galaxy or yeah. whatever and like, bam, you know, there's just semi-code, you know. Um, I mean, of course, this will require some kind of internet connection. But when this kind of gets infiltrated where everyone has a electronic wallet of some kind and, and I know I know in Mexico we're making we're making very good ground where where our where the banks here are actually starting to put that into, you know, this collective consciousness where where you can go down to your bancomer and it's like on the ATM it has, you know, electronic Talking about electronic wallet, of course you click next and you don't read any of that, but <laughs> but it's it's there and it's slowly starting to to sink in. Mm. So, um, you know, there's a few different ways of, of measuring, you know, how how we're adopting this stuff. So, um, transactions per day, I think, is is, is pretty one is, is pretty one I like to look at. Yeah. I like to see the the activity. Even though, you know, a lot of people talk about the price, the price of Bitcoin, it's going down, it's going up. 2013 was a bad year. 2014, no, it was the other way around. 2014, probably the the worst year for Bitcoin. 2015, (laughs) best currency. And uh, and we look at the transactions, it's it's like, it's almost exponential. Yeah, yeah. So you can see, we'll we'll put up a link here for the the blockchain.info. Uh, information there and you can see the the number of transactions like say around around uh, the, the start of 
2014, it's like 80,000 a day. Whereas in the, in the last few months, we're getting more towards, um, say 200,000, 190,000 a day. Uh, so that's the, that's the kind of thing. It's kind of funny because you can look at the price and you're like, ah, Bitcoin's volatile. But if you're in it for the long term, you can see what the trend is. Um, like these people are transacting more and more and it's it's not quite going away in a hurry. Yeah. And if you're really bored, you can go to blockchain.info <laughs> and watch it live. The transaction's just ticking over. <laughs> um, you know, there's at the moment, what is it like? There's almost 200,000 a day. So, you know, you're bound yeah. to catch a good handful. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know, man, what's, I mean, we try and talk about the, the trigger point, what's going to tip it over the edge. Um, where, whereabouts are we? And it's, it's pretty hard to say, but I think uh, irrespective of, of investment or the, the banking system, mm-hmm. you know, just crushing those nuts um, I think it really comes down to... Is that what they do in there all day? And they got, they got those big back rooms, big desks, and they just sit there crushing nuts. Well, isn't that how you, you get, you know, the nuts <laughs> on your ice cream? <laughs> right. Now I know what... Now I understand the banking system. Yep. I don't know what else they do. <laughs> it's like uh, they they watch your money. <laughs> That's what they do. Um, like the hawk eye. So, okay, investment... It's going to help. The collapse of the banking system, it's on its way. You know, it, it's, it's slowly shuffling the, the shoulders as it walks through that movie theater. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of a, a, a tail risk possibility or, you know, depending who you ask, it's, it's a high probability. Uh, but the cool uh, thing is yep. that the people that are switching onto it aren't the people that have functional Visa, MasterCards. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not people that, that have jobs. That, that are comfortable living in their house with, uh, you know, with... Bitcoiners are a bunch of bums. That, is that what you're saying? Homeless. <laughs> okay. Once the homeless get Bitcoin, we're on our way. <laughs> um, I haven't seen that yet, but if a homeless guy had a QR code, <laughs> he could change the world. <laughs> what I anticipate in the, in the long term, and this is, this is going to be a factor more in the future than, than right now, but it ties into this... Like concept of public awareness. Um, say, um, you know, an ordinary person, an ordinary tax evader, like say a travel, traveler comes to Australia and goes to an employer, um, say a restaurant, and says, hey, uh, do you mind if I get this money under the table? And the employer, it's just like a less than 10 person operation, a small business. And they say, sure, um, no biggie. Um, you know, I'll pay you the 10, $15 an hour, whatever it is. Um, now that's kind of uh, accepted, and it's accepted as as um, untraceable, and no no uh, tax authority is going to tell you that it's happening, but it happens all the time, and especially in in uh, developing countries, all the time. If somebody, if an employer offers you cash, then why the hell are you going to say no? Like, oh, an extra ten percent? Sure, why not? Uh, so the thing is, what about? Other people, how does this extend? Um, how does how does the the creep of controllable money start to come in? And so, say you have this example of of a, um, a software engineer or a programmer, and maybe he doesn't even spend all of his time in Australia. Maybe he's, he's absent from the country of a few months in the year, going traveling or whatever, um, and receives his money by Bitcoin. 
Um, Bitcoin has been called digital cash, but it's not exactly accurate because, of course, you can trace every transaction on the blockchain. Um, it's just the question is, to what extent can you trace it? Um, whereas with cash, pretty much, I mean, you hand, hand over that uh, serial numbered bill and nobody ever sees it again and nobody knows who, into whose hands it's gone. Whereas with Bitcoin, you can follow through Bitcoins and see where they're gone. Unless you use something like a Bitcoin mixer, uh, like a Bitcoin laundry, if you will, um, or Dashcoin, uh, which is an altcoin, which has built-in anonymity. anonymity. Um, So the thing is, whenever you use um, Dash or whenever you use a Bitcoin mixer, it's going to go in with a whole bunch of other coins and and you're going to get approximately the same amount out, but you're going to um, have these more or less anonymous coins or very difficult to trace, extremely difficult to trace coins. And the thing is, you know, just in this hypothetical scenario, which of course I would never recommend anybody do ever um, pay your taxes, people. Yeah, uh-huh. of course. Uh, everybody um, in this situation uh, receiving Bitcoin um, uh, in this in this situation was saying, "Well, you know, it's as good as cash." And why declare it? Because the Australian Taxation Office, the IRS doesn't have the resources or the technical know-how to trace down every transaction um, similar to cash. So uh, how long is it going to be until you say, actually, you know, I prefer to keep all of my money. I don't want to give um, money to these people. And like we mentioned before with this, like, public works crowdfunding, um, in in the future, um you'll probably have alternatives to, to local government or state government. You'll be able to fund projects with your friends or with, with a, a collective uh, and decide how much involvement you want and how much you want to pay for the service and which one you want to choose. Uh, so it's this... What I'm, what I'm predicting is crypto anarchy. Uh, and I think it's a, a close, a lot closer than what people think. I mean, it's probably going to start out with these, you know, a few contractors who are in unique or, or specialized positions. Uh, but then slowly over time, it extends into more and more sectors of the economy. I think it's a very safe prediction. Yeah. Because it's, it's common sense. And, you know, I'm assuming that people are starting to wake up. They can they can start making their own decisions mm-hmm. and start choosing how they want to live their life, what causes they want to support, what country they want to live in, what kind of job you want to have, what kind of currency you want to use, yep. and where you want that money to go. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's simple questions like you know, or ideas like voting with your voting with your dollar, yep. which you know isn't isn't new. Yeah. But do you think about that when you make a purchase? I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Depends. <laughs> yeah, some people do. It's called conscious consumerism. But do you think about that when you pay your tax? <laughs> because do people think, oh, you know, I really like the war on drugs. I really like how the, the U.S. government imprisons uh, millions of, of black people per year in a kind of new Nuevo slavery uh, system where they're producing uh, license plates for the government. I really, I really makes me feel good inside 
when the, the federal government does that and pays off private prison owners with owners with with money that is extracted from your bank account without your consent uh who well okay maybe there are some people who think that <laughs> but uh there, there's always that one yeah yeah <laughs> but what what gets me is when you look at your receipt after you buy something yeah um that's if you go somewhere where they give you a receipt yeah. and you can see how much tax the component which is usually let, let's say 10 percent across yeah. across the board but usually it's much higher than that. And then you think, well, I already paid tax. Like, do you pay taxes? Yeah, of course I do. I already pay tax. I, I, I work, I get paid, and I pay my tax. But then you pay your tax again when you buy something. And then when you sell it, you probably pay tax again. And yeah. you yeah. think that's happen. a lot of money. <laughs> that could buy and fix a lot of stuff in my house, in my community, in my family, in my own country, why are we sending resources across the world to fix a problem that's not ours? Mm-hmm. And these are the questions that begin to trigger in your mind before you start thinking, that, that guy that won't shut up at work keeps talking about Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And until you have the, the HR lady or guy that comes to you and says, uh, you know, you want to get paid in crypto? <laughs> until that day comes... It's your choice to ask or work out how you're going to do it. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that day comes soon. Yeah. But then, you know, it depends. By the time that day comes around, there's going to be more rules. I hope not. But, you know, the, these guys that are have, that having the parties and that are in control, they're not going to let you get away with it unless you know what you're doing, which is why you need to switch on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to to bring it back around to talking about the, the price factor, the thing is, uh, when you say, when you make that radical decision, uh, receiving money and you say, you know what, I want to keep my money. Again, that's increasing the demand for Bitcoins and then that's again affecting the price. Uh, and, you know, I don't expect uh, everybody to, to jump on board with this crypto or anarchist vision right away, um, but they they might start to see the cracks and they might... Um, a lot of people in the world are, go- are going to see the problems with the existing system and say, let's try something new. And that's a shift, um, I would say, uh, well, in the, in the next five years probably. Yeah, it's about, it's about making the choice and not, yeah. um, and not following the, the chains around your neck. <laughs> yeah. So I did have, uh, like there was this article on, uh, I mentioned before on Cointelegraph um, where it had a, a few speculations on what the price would be like towards the end of 2016. And the the, the general figure was around $1,800, uh, $2,000. Uh, that's, that's the kind of figure, you know, my, you might have in mind. This speculation down as low as $600. Uh, and I did see another video as well. Um, What's his name? Tim Draper, the the venture capitalist, predicting uh, that Bitcoin will reach ten thousand um, dollars in the next three years, so by, by around the start of two thousand nineteen. Um, you know, those are some some ideas. Um, whatever you do, don't take our word for it because uh, we're not financial advisors. We're just uh, here to give you a few ideas. Let that percolate through your brain there. 
so uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think the 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 ending note is that if you have Bitcoin, you actually have Bitcoin. Uh-huh. Like irrespective of of how much it's worth, because these other currencies that you're comparing something almost uh, intangible, mm-hmm. as in it's a it's a it's a share or a component in a completely new financial system. So when you have a share in Bitcoin, whether it's a Satoshi or a full Bitcoin or several, that's your money compared to a stake in the debt that your government's racking up. <laughs> so, I mean, we're talking about completely different things. It's hard to say, you know, it's going to be worth X. You know, yeah. one day you might be able to trade one Bitcoin for $10,000 worth of goods. But by that point, how much is $10,000 worth of goods actually going to equate to? Exactly. Yeah. So it's yeah. all about where you'd rather be. <laughs> cool. Uh, so have a look, guys. Do your research. Maybe take a step onto the side of the future. So my name's Kurt Robinson. My name's Aaron Battle. And uh, head on over to theparadiseparadox.com. You can have a look through our episodes. We've got a lot of uh, Bitcoin videos, interviews with Andreas Antonopoulos, Jeff Bowick, uh, Diego Gutierrez Aldivar, um, and uh, Tour de Mister. Um, also, you might want to I'll put the link in the show notes if you're interested in investing in Bitcoin. You can check out Tour's um, Adamant Research's uh, document on, on how to get started. Uh, and you can head on over to Facebook, press like, press, uh, hover over the like button, press, uh, the get notifications button to stay in contact, um, reach out and touch us and, uh, jump on over to YouTube, press like, press subscribe and jump on over to iTunes, press subscribe on there to leave us a review, uh, pocket cast, podcast addict. And, uh, on Twitter, I'm at trouble bubble. You can catch me at Battle AZ. Yep. So also on the website, you can buy some uh, Bitcoin or real money themed T-shirts with uh, gold, silver, and Bitcoin to represent your detest and loathing for the central banking system that's, that is currently incumbent. And you can also join us in Acapulco, in Acapulco, sunny Acapulco, Guerrero, Mexico, uh, in February. So head on over to anacapulco.com, uh, dot com, and you can use the code paradise. You get a 10% discount count and, uh, have a good time. Join us on the beach. Say hi. We'd like to see you there. Say hi. We can, we can get high <laughs> in Acapulco. Acapulco dream. Yep. All right. See you soon. Thank you.